Brian. Rana. I don't. Oh, that was you. Did your murderer voice? I did. Yeah. Is that Rana. so appropriate? It's all for this. We have to tell people. If they don't, yes. I think most of the people in the carriage house already know because these two were made a big on splash. the carriage house. They came in and they made a total splash the week that this fabulous new podcast debuted. Correct. What am I talking about? That's, That's messed, messed up. up. An SVU podcast hosted by who? The best in the biz. Kara Clink, Lisa Traeger. That's exactly right. Two fabulous Jewesses who happen to to be comedians and law and order super fans, Padme. Terrific. Every week they take you through an episode of SVU, which of yeah. course is everyone's favorite law and order. Of course. They do a deep dive into the true crime it's based on, and then they interview an actor from the episode. Wait Rana, a minute. who have they had? Wait who have a they minute. had? Here's what I do now, Padme. Yeah. They yeah. had Masha Gay Haddon. Can Say it again, I didn't that? hear you. I couldn't Masha hear you. Gay Haddon was right That's on this right. podcast. So if you think they didn't come right out of the gate with uh, with some real heavy hitters, they absolutely hitter. did. The podcast is for SVU watches and true crime fans alike. Even if you don't watch this show, which a lot of people don't do. These sure. ladies have got you've covered. There's a lot of people that don't watch the show, but do listen to the podcast. And who love true crime. That's yeah. exactly right. Absolutely. So if you like SVU, true crime, funny women's, funny women's, Padme. Sure. Hot takes on Mariska Hagate's here, putting everyone's got an opinion on that, Padme. Olivia Benson. Yeah, this is a podcast for you. That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast is the comedic true crime podcast you never knew you needed in your life with new episodes every Tuesday. That's Messed Up is on exactly right now. So listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good luck. <gasps> Brian. Rana. Tell them. Just tell them, Brian. I'm not love even going to build in the this air. up. <laughs> All you need is love. Love, exciting and new. L. Come aboard. We're expecting you. For the way you look tonight. Oh. oh I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. I don't either. Here's what I do know. Rana. February 13th. The day before Valentine's Day. We are inviting all of our gorgeous Carriage House Valentines. Oh, my God. To a Sadie Hawkins dance. You're all invited. Rana and I are doing an actual big time Zoom live show. Yeah, though it's not going to be Zoom. It's going to be some Excuse other. Well, me. I guess it's all Zoom. It's, it's all, all Zoom, Zoom. But we're doing a yeah. big live show for the first time ever. We are so excited. We've been building this up for about a year right. saying we're going to do it, we're going to do it. But it is finally time for the Carriage House Cabaret. Yes, it is. And it's Lonely Hats edition. We figured February 13th, this is going to have to be the biggest bummer of a Valentine's Day that we've known in years, all of us. That's so right. So why not make it fun and spend it together? It'll be a kick. We're going to do February 13th in the Carriage House. The tickets are going to go on sale next week. That's right. Okay. If you're on Patreon, you get the link early and there's a couple of bonuses that are associated with that. Sure. But on the 26th, it's good. So we want you to mock your calendars February mock 13th. Them up. Somebody else invites you to a live event. You say, sorry, I'm already have plans with Ron and Brian. That's right. Yeah. So That's right. polish those tap shoes and get ready. 
because I'm ready. Yeah. Brian has already announced that he'll be wearing a black corset and dressing from the favorite. That's right. I'll have the big black curly wig and the white face That's with right. the, We're gonna get, what did you say, beauty mark? You know, beauty mark, you're going to look like a cross between Captain Hook and Linda Ronstadt. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> get ready, world. It's going to be sexy. All right. Mark your calendars. Mark. Kiss, kiss. Rana, did we return last week or did we return last week? Oh, I mean, okay. People were so excited. So excited. I also felt like there was a little bit of an atmosphere of we've outdone ourselves. And you know me, I like to take that personally. Yes, you do, Rana. The idea that the expectation for us could be lowered in any way. They should always think that we're reaching for the stars. And by the way, I guess today, I hate to tell you, there's hardly a more topical, uh, I don't think we've ever had a more topical guest. And by the way- Excuse me. I just hiccuped. I thought that was a mouse. It was- (laughs) You said your hiccups sound like little squeaks. Little mousy hiccup. Excuse me. It was a little squeak. Let's hope that that doesn't come back. My God. Okay. Well, this guy I, will have the answer for you if, if you true. need any. Yeah. He's not a doctor, but he will know what to do about hiccups. Yeah. But we've never had a more topical guest, I don't think. I have to say the one, two, po- I mean, I also have to say, I don't think that Conan and this guest today really have that much in common. So we zigged and zagged. Well, they're both Harvard graduates, actually. You're right. Yeah. Ivy Leaguers. Ivy Leaguers. Rana. Conan how was, was your, wonderful. How was how, Conan? He was fabulous. Oh, oh, do we love Conan? Loved. If you we could have seen, talked to him for another four hours. I think. Oh, yeah, it was so easy. Yeah, he had such a blast. He sent me a personal email telling me what a great time he had on the show. Is that true? Yeah. That's yeah. so nice. And he said, can I get Brian's email? And I said, under no circumstances. Why? Because I can't have people poaching you from the carriage house. I'm already sharing it with too many people. I got it. I got yeah. it. I yeah. got it. And also, so we probably said, would have talked about you. Anything you have to say oh. to him, you can say to me. I can pass it on. Okay. So he wanted because to tell me how, he tell, wanted me to tell you how fabulous you were and what a great time he had. That's very nice. Yeah. I um I was hoping to get his email just so I could get like his real impression of you, you know? Oh. Sometimes I like to do that with the guests. Oh, do you? And I, found, I find out post-show, <laughs> like, what did you really think of Rana? Yeah. yeah. And what are the reviews so far? You know, yeah. mostly positive. Yeah. Five stars, five stars only or a little I less? would say, no, I would say, yeah, five stars. I think everyone's been very impressed with you. You know, last week on Patreon, I don't want to talk too much about Patreon on here. We did something we hadn't done before, which is we did what, what we're calling a watch party, a January watch party. Instead we of- fl- We ha- p- took our trench coats and flashed them open to the carriage house. That's exactly right. Yeah. Instead of our quarantine international film festival, what we did was we watched- 30 for 30, Tonya Hatting, or Tonya, as some people like to say. Ridiculous. And then we watched, looked at a bunch of fabulous figure skating skating. We did, yeah. Wonderful. Gorgeous performances, yeah. I was very upset to see that 30 for 30, they gave it, it it had four and a half stars on Amazon. How could anyone give it less than five stars? dare you? That means someone gave it four stars. 
That was a five-star doc. Unfathomable. Unfathomable. Unf- truly. And you know, the woman who directed it, Annette Burstein, I was saying she directed Kid Stays in the Picture, but she also directed the Hillary Hulu show. Oh, sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she's very talented. And she did that documentary on that wild man, John McAfee, which I've been meaning to watch for a while. Oh, you know about, about the virus guy, the McAfee virus, it, 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 millionaire on the run, murderer, possibly? Exactly. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> All through Central and South America, he's been on a murder yeah. spree. And, yeah. Yes. And he was the head of McAfee, the virus protection thing, mm-hmm. and then lost like every dime of it? Yeah. Like was worth half a billion dollars at some point? Yeah. Maybe maybe he has two or three times left. But then moved to some crazy town on the edge of nowhere in like Costa in Belize. Rica. Oh, yeah. Belize, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Um, Dia. Honey. It's been just since last week, this country. I mean, by the time this uh, comes out, I don't even know where we'll be. I honestly don't know where we'll be. I don't but either. In a bunker. It has been... Uh, we've been up, we've been down, we've been all around. And the only silver lining of the pandemic at the moment is that we can't travel. So we can't feel the glaring, disapproving eyes of the world. Of the rest of the world. Yeah. Or the glee. Probably not the glee, actually. Probably just like, guys, what's up? Glee in England. Maybe, cause we, yeah. we made, because they just Brexited. We really go back and forth with England in the last four years. It really is a <laughs> familial relationship. They started it with Brexit, and we were like, oh, you idiots. And then we were like, there's no way. I mean, yes, we have a lunatic running, but there's absolutely no way that's going to happen. Not in America. And then it did. Uh-huh. And then it did. Yep. And there, I mean, Boris Johnson was really dining out on the insurrection last week. I don't, did you catch any of oh, his quotes? Oh, yeah. He yeah. was like, all of a sudden, someone who... Was, Had some most scruples all of a sudden. Yeah. No kidding. Who I think was sort of, I don't want to say tight with Trump, but they were they they respected each. Didn't weren't they sure. sort of friendly or something? Yes. Definitely thought. Look, all of these people are about whatever their shared interests are. That's and he true. definitely felt like whatever Trump was up to was fine with him. Yeah. But they do love it when we stumble because you know they still never got over the fact. Right. That they think it's like. Hilarious. We're the, we're the cousin that moved to America and became a billionaire. What a kick. You all are fascinating yeah. over and there. And they're still living off the interest of the of the empire. That's right. To more or less. Sure, sure. Uh, how are you today, Dia? You know, Rana, I'm feeling okay. I feel yeah. rested. Great. I feel settled. Um, I feel like 2021 started off with a whimper in a good way. Like it was a yeah. very, I had a very calm new year. I didn't really do anything. Yeah. That's how it started. But but I have to say for everyone who thought 2021 was going to be a better year, maybe it will be in like July or August. Yeah. I but know. I think All we're still in 2020 were, through the summer. We're pinning their hopes on the ball drop. They thought that somehow the world was magically going to change after the And then the a ball week dropped. after the ball dropped, something absolutely unprecedented no. happened. I spent <laughs> my birthday watching the election returns. Yes. After receiving some of oh, the most gorgeous- It all happened that day. I had the most gorgeous, uh, I got the most gorgeous flowers from Brian, I have to tell everyone. Thanks, Rana. Further rubbing in my face that I forgot his birthday this year. <laughs> uh, That's, I can, and don't you forget. I can only imagine. Yeah, I don't know. I was already starting to plan whatever it is for your birthday. You know, Rana, um, I didn't even remember ordering them because I was so high with a charge of like- Who's on top now? Of revenge. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
So I planned to spend my birthday because, of course, it was going to be a quiet, you know, there's nothing to do, nothing really. To do. But I was excited to watch the election returns. And so that was a really fun That evening. was fun, yeah. That's a fun way to have a little purpose on your birthday. That's true. And then the next day was the insurrection. And I don't think I've watched 10 hours of cable news in a row since 9-11, probably. I have to say- CNN doesn't get a lot of play here, nor does MSNBC in the no. Carriage House. But, and by the way, neither does Fox, obviously. But um, I was glued, and and then when John Ossoff <laughs> won, it was such a nothing moment because the world was on fire or the Capitol yeah. was on fire. And as yeah. we've discussed on Patreon, you know, the day started with Merrick Garland getting his big announcement for the Attorney General. He'll never get a break, Rana. Never ever. No one He'll ever wants- always be. He'll always just be the guy circling the deviled eggs at the White House Hanukkah party. Now, when you saw him at the White House Hanukkah party, did he yeah. do that thing that sometimes people do when they feel awkward and they're alone while he was at, when he was looking at the sort of hors d'oeuvre table or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Did he start, like, did he say anything to himself? Like, oh, those look good. You know that thing that people do? And it's so, uh, it's if so he did, he did it with his eyebrows. He didn't say it verbally, but oh, he sort worse. of acted like he, he knew people were looking at him and he, you know, like a kid at the dance, the punch around the punch ball. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe oh, I'll that's try a this. Horror. I've been but there. I have to tell you, I can't even imagine what this affair looked like with these. And you know, Melania was supposedly doing a porcelain photo shoot while this was happening. Yeah, so I heard. By the way. Let's be done with her too now, okay? Melania, yeah, yeah. done. Not Dusted. that, not that we weren't, but I mean, come on. Yeah, all she had to do was keep her mouth shut. She actually didn't have to say anything. And and now they say, and now what about this phony story? They're planting that Ivanka says she's going to the inauguration, and Trump is mad about it. Phony yeah, that's baloney. absolute bullshit. Phony baloney. Phony baloney. Yeah, a. trying to make her look like she's some sort of a person. B, she did tweet that they were patriots before she finally took it down. American Not finally, she patriots. took it down quickly. Yeah. That's what she said. American yeah. patriots. She's absolute garbage. That entire family. I think the only th- reason that people are a little harder on Ivanka than DTJ <clears throat> and Eric is because she is very smart. You do expect more from someone like that. She does seem to have a good head on her shoulders, except that the family, in her case, literally trumps everything. So she's dr- oh, had she the, is her she's she had is the juice. her father's daughter. She's just two point That's all. She's more. Right. She's a more refined version. But when when are people just going to understand that these people are just completely self interested? Oh, horrible! People. So if you were friends with Ivanka, she's probably pretty nice. She probably remembers your birthday and sends you flowers and has yeah. all the social graces and Ask everything Carly else. Yeah, but well, Carly Kloss has been has been dragging her. But it really hurt Ivanka's feelings. Ivanka yeah. said, "We've never talked about politics together, and I just always thought we had a really." She's never expressed that she is upset about what's happening in the world to me, which I don't. <laughs> ca- I mean, come on. Well, Kylie Kloss is a total liberal, but just because you don't talk about it at the dinner table doesn't mean you don't know that the other How person someone... has a different point of view. Yeah, it's why you're not talking about it at the dinner table. Exactly. But any in any event, I'm sure she's a pretty nice uh, friend or intimate to have. But then when you extrapolate it to the wider world, you just realize the only thing these people care about is making more money, more power. And also she's completely been, not even drank the Kool-Aid. She was raised on the same Kool-Aid. I was going to say- Trump's father raised him on it and he raised them on it. If you- 
see how quickly people have been brainwashed in the last four years. Yeah. Started early with her. Yeah, it's not even brain. I mean, this is how we do it. Yeah. That's what it is. And then we, you know, she's just the one that puts the sort of frosting over that absolute dog food cake that they're all selling. But anyway, uh, what <laughs> dog food cake? Is that a thing? I, I loved it. Um, do you know I that they have smash it- cakes now, Rana? Meaning what? You can smash them on purpose? Well, apparently at babies' birthdays or like when they're, you know how they sit in the high chair and they get the cake all over their face? They yeah. now have what's called a smash cake, which is just a separate cake baked just for them that they can destroy and then they take pictures. Oh, so they have the cake that they serve the guests and the baby gets an individual smash cake? Yeah, I don't know why it made me so mad before I said it, but I guess it's practical. Well, why can't they just smash one piece? Why do they That's have to have their I was own thinking. cake? I don't know. Yeah. It just sounds like another extension of treating a baby like it's a prince or a princess. I feel like you'd walk into a bakery being like, oh, it's my child's third birthday. Okay, what cake do you want? This, this, this. And what about the smash cake? It's like, are you kidding me? You know what it's like? It used to be that when you went to get your hair colored, they would automatically blow your hair dry. Afterwards, the blowout was included. Are you saying they don't any longer? No, you have to pay for the blowout. Well, what do they expect you to do? Just leave there with freshly dyed wet you hair? Can, you can either leave with wet hair or you can pay for a blowout. And that's not how it used to be. It used to be included in the service. And to me, that's what the smash cake is. It's an extra, it's a way to make an extra 25 bucks on every sale is what it, oh, you're not getting your baby's smash, a smash cake? cake? Yeah. Oh, oh, no, I made sure a pizza cake. No, she's nice. Even, she doesn't I do a smash cake. I don't even think a baby should have a birthday party until they're four. What's the point? Three or four. Absolutely. Get away with that for as long as you can. These people that throw giant first birthday parties, you know what I did? I threw a cocktail party. Honestly, brilliant. I put Jordan did you give in the, baby the a drink? cutest, I put him in the cutest velvet little knicker suit. Okay. And dressed him up for the for the cocktail party. He came to the party for 45 minutes. Like a little every, popper? Yeah, everybody a little a little print a little uh, Lloyd Fauntleroy oh, situation. Oh, Fauntleroy, sure, yeah. sure, sure. And everybody got a look at him. His beautiful little hair was, you know, brushed to the side. A little sure. baby, a little baby grooming product. He was always perfectly groomed. Right. Brought him out. He said hello to four people, and then we handed him to the nanny. She put him to bed, and we had a cocktail party. We celebrated the fact that I made it through a year. Excuse right. me. Yeah. And then I looked fabulous. That's what crazy. does he care? What does he know? Yeah, he one? doesn't. Doesn't know anything. Really, All it should be a party for you being like, I got through a year of this. That's exactly right. I always think Jordan's birthday is my birthday. On some level, it's a celebration of me. I'm the one who brought How? him in here. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess so. Huh? No, I mean, I guess you did. I'm not doubting your paternity. Maternity. Maternity. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second time you've doubted it, I think. Rana, that's not true. I well, sim- even even if he was adopted, which he wasn't, what's the difference? I still had to make it through that first year. What do you oh, think that's easy? Come no, on. of course I don't. Is a blowout the same as a Brazilian uh, butt wax? In your locker room, it is. Yeah, <laughs> where you do your blow ball or whatever you call it. The blow I don't ball. do it. Yeah, people were upset about that. Did you see that? Well, why are they upset with me? I don't do it. They were, No, that's why they were upset with you. They said, what's wrong with it? The blow dryer doesn't touch the balls. That's what they were all saying. Oh, these, and I have to be honest with you. Get out of the carriage house. Gay, straight, I don't care. Yeah. You're disgusting. Yep. 
<laughs> you would take a community is, item ugh. and put it near your private pets? Disgusting. People were writing in under the comments. What's so bad about this? Because it's absolutely mortifying. Use a towel. These people. These people. These people. Now, there's one other thing I wanted to do. Speaking of last week's episode, I wanted to follow up on something. Okay. So oh, we had yes. the question from Switzerland with fabulous Yannick and Sarah. Yeah. Who we'll, who we'll be seeing when we go with Conan on his private jet to Switzerland for the Swiss travel show. I, I, I got to be honest, Ron, I got a little childish during that question. I, I'm, I am embarrassed. But p- p- go ahead. Why did you get? Where did you get child? I was just what, giggling through the whole thing. Well, why? I mean, it was funny. Yeah, this I guess was, so. So you were you were laughing. I laughed at the idea that this guy's <laughs> I laughed out that his sister had committed suicide and his father was in the hospital uh, with a brain tumor. Pardon me. But uh, I, what we were really laughing about was the frankness of the way the question was phrased. Just and that the, it was like he said, sneezing. TMI exactly. of it. Exactly. But it got me thinking, as I was listening, of course, for the with doing my quality control session, yeah. it got me thinking about our answers, which I think our answers stand on their own. But I think in a way, uh, I think in a way we did not factor in enough this issue of the loss of the sister sure. and the potential pending loss of the father. Right. That's and fair I, to say. I wondered if Schkludy... Uh, is also suffering a sort of crisis of intimacy at this moment. And that there's all this death and sadness yeah, in his life. sure. And so what he's, on the one hand, what he's trying to do is just, these romances are an escape from the actually quite difficult and dark reality. I mean, that moment. tracks, yeah. And so that's the one, one way to look at it is, I just want to have a good time. And if that's selfish, well, I deserve it. And, and by the way, I think this is, I don't even think he's thinking this way. I just think this is what's going on subconsciously. Sure. This is how it's manifesting. That he wants, he sees it as an escape, but he has made a bargain with himself. If he's a sensitive person that he doesn't worry too much about these people's feelings because he's not overpromising. but we know he's overpromising with his behavior. Anytime you, you whisk someone away, you're making them feel like you're trying to, you keep them in your life sort of thing. I have, oh, please go ahead, Rona. No, please. No, no this that was, was a different thing. Basically it was, I just felt that maybe we weren't fair and we weren't perceptive enough thinking about all of the loss that he's dealing with and that the, really what's going on and the reason he's having difficulty uh, coming to fruition with these people right. is that he also, it's also a control and it's a control and an intimacy issue and that he can't handle, he's trying to have some control over his life and that he also doesn't want to give more of himself, whether you, whether you want to call that a physical manifestation of his mental state or not, he doesn't want to give himself to these people. I have to tell and you. yeah. So that yep. was sort of my thought was that maybe Schlude actually having what you should really be focusing on with him is not these relationships, but trying to get him to talk a little bit more about the loss and the fear and, and, and the fear of his mortality that it's, he's experiencing. And maybe he also feels like, why would I go much further with these people? None of this lasts forever anyway. I don't know how anyone's supposed to climax ever again after you said coming into fruition. <laughs> Can you imagine saying that during sex? I'm, I'm coming, com- I'm coming, uh, I'm coming, coming to fruition. To fruition. Yeah. It's kind of sexy. Ron, yeah. I have a question for you and actually for Schlude. He could answer this also. 
Yeah, if Yannick can see even still listen to this podcast, who knows? Well, they can answer it then, Yannick. Okay, yeah, they when they get the it. Dash Egg Cooker, they can let us know. Fine. Yeah. We sent them a Dash Egg Cooker? That's the idea. Uh, but I thought we, we were kidding about that, that we're sending, not sending that international. Of course we're going to send them a Dash Egg Cooker. Well, what are they sending us? Uh, chocolate, I hope. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay, this was my question for Schkludy. No, for Yannick and Sari. However you say her name, I'm sorry. Sarah. I Sarah. believe it's pronounced the same way as it is in English. Well, you never know. What came first? Sara. Sara. Yeah. yeah. What came first? Luge, the sport, or yeah. luge, like alcohol luge, like an alcohol thing that comes down? I think that's a terrific question. Do you know, Rana? I am going to guess that the... The luge shot. It's a good question because it, it revolves around the ice sculpture. Right. Does the luge, sh- I'm going to guess the luge shot predates the sport. Okay. But that it was not called that. Just the idea of the thing that's in some sort of medieval court, somebody would get a block of ice like a Viking uh, okay. and yes. send a shot down it. But the idea of calling it a lose shot is inspired by the Olympics. But I would love somebody to figure that. We must have a, an alcohol historian. <sighs> you know who would know the answer to this? Sue Perkins. She has a. She did a really? show. She did a show with Giles Corin all about um, reenacting historical oh, yes. meals. Yes, I yeah. remember that. I forgot, what was the so name of that show? She would know the answer. It was called um the, like remember when they ate like Christmas pudding or something? Yes, Ugh. exactly. Or but they would eat or they would reenact the meal that they had when the, you know, Sultan of of Brunei came and fought well it wasn't Brunei because they Brunei didn't exist yet. Sure. But in seventeen twelve you know, King Henry VIII's wedding feast to Anne Boleyn or whatever. Right. right. And then they would eat, you know, a greasy goose or whatever Ugh. yeah we should have sue perkins on the show we should get her on i the would show. die if we yeah. had her on the show i let's love see what we her can do. let's see what we can do yeah. all right i think our guest is probably here waiting for us if i'm not then let's get into it we can't we can't waste a, a... have you got your questions ready well yeah they're i mean they're all me focused but yeah yeah well of course like, do, you do you think, think he'll know i want to see if he can predict my blood type because then i'll know if he's know legitimate or not just by looking at you if yeah. you've already had it because then I'll know, yes, because then I'll know if he's the real deal or not. Do you think I have antibodies? Is that your first question? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think I have antibodies? What's my blood type? Do you believe in keto? You know, stuff like that. Even oh, though- keto. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, let's definitely ask him if he thinks keto is the thing. Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, I keep forgetting yeah. he's not a doctor, Rana, but that's just because he works, well- Obviously, he worked in the Obama administration for Medicare and Medicaid. Yeah. But yeah. he also is, you know- one of the one of the first responders to COVID and how to solve yeah, it. Yeah, and is prov- and is providing a real service with the podcast in the bubble. In the with bubble Andy with Slavitt. Andy Slavitt. All right. All right. Here we go. Attention Carriage House members, Rana here to tell you all about Anchor Dirt FM. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create our podcast. And let me tell you something. You can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, if you're that sort of person. I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify 
directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. Rana, this guest today I know. is like, I mean, yeah. we had Conan O'Brien last week, which was yeah. great. He it was, was brilliant. Too, it was so fun. He's very good at what he does, Conan. Absolutely. But speaking of people that, that are good at what they do, excuse me. I, I think mean, this is like top of the heap. Yeah. Well, Fauci's the top of the heap. Let's be fair. Okay. That's fine. This is, uh, but he's untouchable. But Fauci, I feel like he could still sing New York, New York. He, Fauci or Andy? Andy. <laughs> we'll ask him. We'll have him sing it. We'll see. Well, he'll see if he can carry a tune. I, we're going to find sure. out. He, we're going to find out he was in one of those acapella groups in college. That's what we're going to find out now. Always yeah. the most unlikely types. Sure, but sure, sure. In any event, this is absolutely the most topical guest we have ever had. We are so yeah. delighted. Uh, the star of all kinds of things, including the Obama uh, healthcare project, excuse me, but really, no the, kidding. really the star of his own podcast at the moment. In the bubble. In the bubble with Andy Slavitt. We've yes. got Andy Slavitt. Hi, Andy. Hey, hey, guys. We are so delighted to have you here today. I was going to pretend to be Tony Fauci until you said nice things about me. Well, you'd have to say you'd have to say words like Graham instead of Graham if you were going to be Andy, it's, if you're going to be Tony Fauci. He's so charming. Is he? He's so charming. Is. And no one, I have to say, he really has an accent that's dying. That I really oh, it's love. That it's, remember that period when the only people talking were Trump, Cuomo, and Fauci, and we were yeah. like, "Is this just the American accent now?" I loved it. Yeah, it like, you got three boroughs there. Yeah, that's true. That's well, true. it's funny. I love it on Tony Fauci, but I can't stand it on Chuck Schumer. Andy, is in it any weird event, that, yeah. Is it weird that you're not a doctor? Yeah, especially for my patients. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. It's kind of well, weird. Well, it's, I mean, it's wild because you were, the, you were the person sounding the alarm about COVID and everything, and you're so invested. I just assumed you're a doctor. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, some of my family does too. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it is weird. It is weird. Um because people like some people think I'm a I'm a doctor, but I'm I'm not. Let me just set the record straight. And I never pretended to be a doctor. I don't like doctors. No, I I like doctors. But they look they're they're the ones on the front lines dealing with all this uh, every day. And you know people got to tell their stories and get their word out. Um, but they're they're all incredible heroes. I'd like to think if I was a doctor right now, I'd be in an emergency room cowering under a desk somewhere. I have to say. Was the very most stressed you've ever been, maybe, Yeah. when you knew this was all coming and no one in the administration was doing anything about it? You know, it's a weird feeling. It's like, I described it as sort of like, imagine that, you know, you see a house on fire and you know there's people inside sleeping who aren't aware. And for that, for that um, brief moment, you get this adrenaline rush where mm-hmm. your legs can't move fast enough, your, your mouth like can't move nightmare. fast enough. Like a nightmare, yeah. Right? And then, and then there's this weird feeling where you're like, oh, wait, I smell the smoke. I see the smoke. I'm saying, you know, there, it looks like there's a fire over there and it could be bad. And then there's a bunch of people looking at, no, I don't, I don't see it. I don't think so. And then yeah. you're like, okay, this is strange. This is strange because you don't think that it's about opinion and you don't think it's about a value judgment. You're just like, hey, I think we got a problem and we all ought to be prepared. And then... Uh, that was an even weirder experience. What is your personal operating anxiety at the moment? 
Is this still giving you anxiety or does it feel like a job that you're tackling on a daily basis? And so in some ways you feel that you are, you're obviously very obviously contributing, but so do you feel that you're active? Whereas that was the feeling of paralysis. It's a great question. I actually think it's easier to get anxious when you feel powerless. Yeah. And so my, my defense mechanism against anxiety is just doing stuff like just like, you know, picking up the phone, calling, trying to find ventilators, trying to find masks, calling, talking to governors, trying to solve problems. And if I, if I don't do that, then I'd probably be more likely to, to freak out. And then the other thing is just weird. And I don't know that it was intended this way, but you mentioned that you're kind of to mention the podcast that I do, which we started this year called in the bubble. And, you know, we decided that the ethic of that sort of became, we call it 50% Winston Churchill, 50% Fred Rogers, 10% dad jokes. And the, you realize that like, people it's are anxious. It's 110%. And, yeah, that's the that's dad the joke That's the kind of part. podcast. That's yeah. the dad yeah. joke yeah. part. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like turning your amp up to 11. But we, we kind of, um, <laughs> you know, people tell us that they, they, that, that there's so many places that they making them feel anxious these days or adding to their anxiety yeah. that they really hope to just through this podcast, get some sort of message, which isn't trying to scare people and it's to try and it's trying to help people. So I actually like um, have to be calm and, and soothing and yeah. remind people that the world goes on. So, you know, if I'm feeling anxious, um, you know, it probably, I try to deal with it before well, it's the, it's also the look for the helpers thing. Yeah. You're a helper. Right. A helper. Yeah. Right. right. Did you I, give any advice to Martha Stewart before she got vaccinated? <laughs> give advice to Martha Stewart. I have a couple of questions. That This is really not what we do on the show. What we do is people ask us questions and we answer Correct. them. And we're gonna but do, we've got like a really special that. guest today, Mona. But because we have... We have you. Well, here's the thing. You were saying you're not a doctor. We're not doctors. We're just a couple of people with opinions who happen to be right most of the time. Are we, you saying, Rana, that we're the Andy Slavitz of the advice Andy, podcast Andy genre? Andy has uh, more graduate degrees than we probably do. But I hate to tell you, though, Rana, we're not getting robbed blind while we're on this Zoom and not noticing. Someone has been taking things off the shelf. Uh, Andy, you need to know that behind you, that your shelf is becoming more and more empty. And I don't want to raise an alarm, but I'm just saying your house is being robbed. It's a fake background. And it's, and it's happening from within. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But as long as we have you here, I have a couple of quick questions I wanted to ask you, if you don't mind, about all of this pandemic yeah, business. Please, please. And I'm yeah. not sure I'll be asking them in the right order, but I'm going to ask them anyway. My first question is about the vaccine itself. Which is everyone, and we won't get into the fact that one of the major impediments in this moment is these people that don't want to get the vaccine. Oh, we can get into it, but there's not much we can do about that probably at this very moment. But my question is, when what does the vaccine really mean in practical application in people's lives? So first part is I get the vaccine. How long until I can start walking around acting like I'm vaccinated? That's right. A. Mm -hmm. And B is, is it true or has there been more research done on this idea that basically my understanding of the vaccine is the vaccine prevents you from getting sick. It doesn't prevent you from acquiring uh, COVID-19, but it, pre pre it prevents you from developing the illness Becoming as, a, symptomatic. as a result. 
And so doesn't that mean, what What do we know about, can we still spread COVID to other people once we get the vaccine? So how careful do we have to be? What is it, What is the practical meaning of, obviously what we're going for is herd immunity. If everybody gets the vaccine, then we don't have to worry about whether you've, you're spreading it or I'm spreading it because none of us are going to get sick. But what about the in-between? You guys don't even need me. That was all correct, everything you said. Um, but it, so here's, here's, what I'll, here's what I'll add. I mean, I, I sort of always try to start with this. Vaccines are probably the greatest invention, you know, in the history of oh, yeah. mankind. More than even like TikTok. I mean, it's very powerful. I'm about to walk out of here that you we're said not, that. We're not TikTok, because I know we seem very young mm. to you, Andy. But, but I still think TikTok. TikTok's more important than vaccines, even though I don't use it. Well. Yeah. You can. That, that's a, there's a, there's you a valid and, argument. You and 98% of other Americans agree there's on that There's a valid argument. Fact. Yeah. But, but look, I mean, you know, viruses are part of the world. They always have been. They always will be. And um, as one of the things that um, best way to understand a vaccine is that if you have, if your body can create an immune response, then you can hopefully find a way to, to stimulate that immune response without having to get the virus. And that's what a vaccine does. And that's, there's, there's different types of vaccines. They work a little bit differently. And without going into all the weeds, uh, you're exactly right. What they do, what it does is it stimulates an immune response in your body. Uh, and so when you, if if you come into contact with or, or get COVID-19, um, your body fights it without you knowing it um, or without you realizing you necessarily have it. And that's a great thing. Um, and even if you were, even if it fought it mostly and you got a little bit sick, it would still be a great thing. What we're trying yeah. to do is reduce the need for people to have to go to the hospital because our hospitals are overwhelmed. And of course, there's some percentage of people that go to the hospitals that, that don't come out the front door. And so also it's prevent not, people from uh, exiting the economy in a practical, you know, if you get everything, the sniffles yeah. instead of getting deathly ill, you could still go to work sort of thing. Yeah. Very true. Very true. So that's the, that's the, um, the gist of it. Now, the question about whether or not the vaccine also prevents you, if you do get it, from spreading it to others isn't definitively answered. It yeah. wasn't studied. Um, as it probably should have been, quite frankly, in all of the studies, we have some hints, and the hints suggest that it does very likely reduce your ability to transmit. And the way you would, the way they would know that is they would take a nasal swab because that's where most people, um, you know, in fact, through the upper respiratory system. Um, and they don't. I think if you had to bet one way or the other, um, without seeing the evidence yet. That's what it would. That's what it would indicate. Now, how long does it work, and all of that? So, it probably takes five weeks or so for you to get the full immune response. And by the way, in most of these vaccines, you need a booster along the way. As people yeah. know, you need a right. second shot after a few weeks. Which sounds so, fun. Let's be honest. I love the word booster. It's a cute word. Does someone want to explain to Brian yeah. what booster means? Yeah, it means well, you get to sit a little higher when you get the shot. Seat. Okay, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, let's. <laughs> what do you think, Brian? Brian's never been to a ground round, Andy. Let's bring Brian along little by little. Okay, it's pay a Hollywood what, power pay move. What you to, weigh. It's a Hollywood power move <laughs> to sit in a booster seat at a meeting. Yeah. 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 Every day we'll tell Brian a little bit more, and one day he'll learn how babies are made. Yeah. Okay. So. So after. So five weeks. Yeah. But but here's the here's the thing. I mean, you so asked these people a, that are getting the vaccination, you can't just go right back to work. You have to wait a period well, of time. Well, look, 
here's here's I think the the overall gestalt until we get to what you described as her, as vaccine induced herd immunity, which is um, which is the goal, as you said. But until that point in time, uh, we still need to go back to what I think people talk about as the Swiss cheese model. And I don't know if you've heard that expression. Or no, used that I expression. haven't. No, I haven't either. But if you took if you took a piece of Swiss cheese and said it's got like three or four holes in it, and so you say take any one intervention, wearing a mask, staying six feet yeah. apart, washing your hands, um, having good ventilation indoors, each one of those things doesn't work perfectly. Each one of them has a bunch of holes. But if you stack a bunch of pieces of Swiss cheese next right. to one another, and you by the time you stack four or five of them, there's probably not you probably can't see all the way through all the pieces. Yeah. So the more things you do, the more layers there are, the lower your risk. And so a vaccine is just another one of those pieces of Swiss cheese where the, you still have, you still have, you know, 95, it still only works 95% of the time. So there's still a couple of holes. Uh, but until we get to vaccine induced herd immunity, I, I, you know, encourage people to continue to layer, wear the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, still distance, uh, distance, uh, be, be, be polite to others in, in that sense and, and all of those things. So it's one more good thing to add. It's not, doesn't end it on its own. Can uh, I give, oh, please. I have one more question about that though, which is the sort of good news, bad news, which is people want to believe that the vaccine is a magic bullet. I'll get the vaccine, then I can go back to doing whatever I want to do. You still have to operate the same way. Everyone has to operate exactly the same way until er, until we get to the number, basically. Is that correct? And what is the number? What is the number the United States needs to get to? What number do we consider uh, herd immunity? 70 to 85% is the number that Tony Fauci uses. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I use sixty nine point eight to eighty four point seven, but you know, I, I'll, I'll go with Tony's number. Fair enough, um, because we have this—it's an extended argument we have about. Yeah, that. Um, he seems like the type. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andy, and, do you want to hear a little statistic about rabies? Just a little one. Okay. Okay. So I just read this the other day. Apparently, rabies in its full form in a human. By the way, once you get symptoms of rabies as a human, there's a nearly 100% chance you're going to die. It's it's so late by that point if you're symptomatic. But you develop a crazy, irrational fear of water, even a glass of water or a body of water. People reach for a glass of water for (gasps) thirsty, but then recoil in horror, and they can't look at a shower, and they can't do anything that gets so scared. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So does that have anything to do with what you're talking about with COVID or anything? <laughs> That's fascinating. Isn't that, that wild? Is. But yeah. viruses are fascinating. I'm sorry. Totally fascinating. Fascinating. That's why people die. That's why people die. Because they need Correct. water. Exactly. Okay. Two more How about quick, beer? Quick. How about beer? Okay. They love beer. They okay. can't get enough of it. They all go out drunk. <laughs> okay. Two more okay. very quick questions. Yes. One is, do you have a theory on, you can answer them in the order that you want to. Do you have a theory about whether the where the virus originated, or are you a person who doesn't care? We're just dealing with what we're dealing with. And the other question is, what could the Biden administration do on day one? And how quickly could we feel the impact of that? Because the major problem has been there has been no central directive. But what could they do on day one that would make the biggest impact, in your opinion? So you asked me two questions. Yeah. The first question was where did the, where did the virus come from? Yeah, and do you care? So you know, I so I wrote a book that's coming out in a couple of months called Preventable, oh. um, and in it, 
Um, it's basically like the big short for the pandemic. It's a kind of first person narrative taking you through everything that happened in a sort of TikTok fashion. And wow. in it, there's a character in this book who is a 34 year old young woman who is, uh, she's a fascinating personal story. She was um, victim of domestic abuse. She was homeless at part of her life. Um, she was on Medicaid and she receives a call. Um, she's with her two daughters kind of trying to hide away for the for COVID asking her to come to the White House because it turns out she's also a PhD economist and a PhD um, epidemiologist. So she goes to the White, they, they call her an emergency to help her sort out these problems. So she shows up and it's a bunch of like 30 year old white boys with thin ties and roaming around the White House, all of whom are like super successful. And one day she gets invited to a meeting with President Trump. And for all the people who've come in to volunteer and to introduce themselves, and they all introduce themselves as these big captains of industry. And she comes introduce herself and she says her background and she's got these two PhDs. And President Trump looks at her and says, this thing was created in a lab in China, wasn't it? And she's there and she's in a room of 30 people. This is a scene from the book. And she looks around at everybody and she, you know, she knows that the chances of it being created in a lab in China are near zero. But she also knows contradicting the president in front of all these people is a delicate matter. So here's what she does. She says, Mr. President, can I tell you a bedtime story? And there's this kind of giant pause in the room and he says, sure. Uh, okay. Tell me a bedtime story. So he says, she says, well, there's this village in Africa. It's a beautiful jungle. And one day the villagers decide that they want to get to the other side without having to go through the jungle. So they, they, they bring in a bunch of people to pave the road, a road through the jungle. So they knock down a bunch of trees, pave the road through the jungle. And while the workers are, are building this road, um, they eat bush meat, which is basically live animals. And um, then they get through and they build the road. And then she stops and he looks at her and he says, yeah. And she goes, that's the story of how HIV started. And he says, really? And she said, yes. So with the, 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 so the, the transfer of a virus from an animal to a human happens all the time. And every time we get closer to animals and every time we, we destroy an animal's natural habitat or global warming causes animals to migrate, more animals are in contact with one another and weird things happen. And the passing of a virus, the reason they're happening more frequently, whether it's MERS or SARS or any of these things, um, is because um, we are, you know, nature is basically off kilter a, a little bit in some, to some degree in terms of where animals and humans live and how, how we live. And so that's how these things happen, um, whether it's in a wet market or whether it's in, you know, camel meat in Middle East or whether it's in Africa where AIDS began. Was MERS from camel meat? Yeah. Well, uh -huh. it was from the Middle East. I'm not sure yeah. it was camels. Exactly. But it originated there as well. I could have listened to Andy talk all day. I really well, could have. I can not, on In the Bubble. That's not how our listeners feel right now because they want us to answer their very pressing questions that have nothing to do with what you're All I can say is I was completely invested. My second, I'll make the second answer much quicker. In a nutshell, have a plan and treat it like an emergency. And those two things alone will be enormous differences in what we have today. Today, you know, we have basically a um, push this out to the states. Let's make sure the states are accountable right. for results. Let's make sure nothing splashes on the federal government. Um, let's not think through. Let's just go one move at a time. 
So let's let's we need masks. Let's go get masks. We need ventilators. Let's go get ventilators. But but nothing about perhaps um, saying, hey, maybe six months from now we'll need syringes too. Let's work on that today. Um, so just having a plan, taking accountability, and then treating it like an emergency. So vaccines shouldn't be nine to five in the hospital. They should yeah, be twenty four by seven a day in a football intense, stadium. Intense yeah. in football stadiums, in drugstores. Everywhere, and then ice let's skating bring it rinks. To people who can ice skating rinks. It's, it's a little hard to do when you're skating, but um, that's true. But but it's it's not impossible. It's doable. Yeah, impl- but it's probably easy to find a vein. Although I guess they don't really need that for a shot. It is interesting to me that, of course, the analogies come into play. But why this isn't being treated more like a war effort is astonishing. More right. Americans have died. And is that because than- it's top down? I mean, is that in other words, is that a straight line to, to Trump's administration that this isn't being treated like that? He could he could run it any way he wanted to. I mean, he he does anything he wants anyway. So um, this is something he decided wasn't important. Um, and didn't want to have a accountability for. Doesn't affect for him it. personally. No. Yeah. And do you think Biden will hit the ground running with this? Like oh, yeah. That? yeah. Oh yeah. I think he will hit the ground running. Do I think things are going to be fixed on January twenty first? Of course. No. Right. Yeah. But I and, and but I think he will be accountable. Look, I from everything I know about him and from talking to him and from talking to others on the team, um, this is someone who I don't think is going to go to sleep at night and have a peaceful night's sleep until this is figured out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't think he'll let his team have a peaceful night's sleep. I don't think I don't think anybody there will. I think they I think this is like as you say, Ron, it's like a war. Now, um well um what was it? I'm sorry, you asked another question. No, we were, I was, was gonna see if you could guess my blood type. <laughs> Brian wanted to know if you thought he had antibodies just by looking at him. But could you guess his blood type? <laughs> he gets his blood type. I'm gonna go with A B <laughs> negative. Okay. Well, it's I'll find out skill. what it is, and then I'll it's, tell you. It's a great skill. Do you not know, Brian? <laughs> Do you not know, Brian? Do you know I can't remember? I think I have a card somewhere that says it. I don't I even know my blood type. Yeah. Well, that's pathetic on both of your parts. How? What's your blood type, Brian? Yeah, what good a, question. Oh, what, what, Brian, oh, whatever negative. she says, just well, say oh, figures. Universal. Whatever, whatever the one everybody has. Yeah, oh, universal oh, donor. Oh, negative. Figures. All right. Figures. Let's get to the big stuff. Are you ready? Yeah. Yes. Andy, you don't have to be right. You just have to have an opinion. Okay. okay. Dear Ronna Bryan, an acclaimed guest. No kidding. Me. Long time, first time. You guys are the absolute best. Congrats on season two. Don't know what I would do if I couldn't hear both of your voices every week. I could use some advice on how to deal with a crazy coworker of mine. I'm a huge fan of the show. So, you know, you've already touched on this. I know you've already touched on the subject in some capacity. However, I still could use some specific advice on this subject. My coworker is a QAnon Trump supporter who, even after the Capitol was stormed, furiously defends him and promotes conspiracy theories. Mm. Actually, let me correct that. She is a Nazi sympathizer. To be honest, I think she's married to a proud boy. The problem here is that we are teachers who interact with many different age groups, and a lot of our students follow her on Instagram. The older ones can roll their eyes and almost laugh at it. However, we have some very young, impressionable tween students who follow her as well. They've even brought it, brought it up to me asking if I've seen her posts lately and how they're supposed to respect her in the classroom when she advocates for this stuff. I had a 10-year-old tell me that Joe Biden kisses little girls. And when I asked where she oh heard that, God. she said she, she told me Miss X's Instagram. In the past week alone, she posted the actual video of the woman who died getting shot by Capitol Police, along with complete lies about how BLM were really behind all this and a picture of Kamala 
being lynched, saying how all this is somehow her fault. I am jaw to the floor. And it's constant. Like 10 to 20 posts a day about this shit. Excuse my language. I wish... Please, people, when you're writing in, remember that you're going to be putting these words in my mouth. I don't mind one bit, so you keep doing you. It's to the point where I can't bite my tongue anymore. Do I say something to her directly? Not that I think that will do anything. I'm well aware you can't change these people's minds. Do I bring it up to my boss? I'm not even sure if she's aware of it. Am I overreacting? I know these kids are on their phones 24-7 and see this kind of stuff all the time. But coming from one of their teachers has to be different, right? I'm not trying to get her fired. Or maybe I am. I'm just trying to get her to realize that she has realize she has kids who look up to her and that publicly announcing you're a Nazi all over the internet right now might not be the best idea. Any advice would be very much appreciated. Love you both. Thank you for making us all laugh and warming our hearts every week. XXGG. Andy, any advice on this? Yeah. yeah. Well, I wish I, my, I wish my mom wouldn't be doing that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you yeah. know, the apple fell far from the tree in your case. <laughs> right. If she's posting yeah. that stuff. No, she's not. She's, she's, she's not. So, so, so look, I mean, I'm like the kind of person who, to a fault, wants to convince, wants harmony, wants to convince everybody that we're right, wants to have a dialogue, wants everybody to be heard. But, you know, that's a wrong instinct in certain cases. In certain cases, yeah. people just have to be defeated. There's, there's such a thing as wrong and bad and evil. And, look, if, if she were not teaching kids, I would say, you know what? Just gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta win. You don't waste time trying to change your mind. The fact, the fact that she's teaching kids would, would, I, I would probably make sure that these public posts were well known by the people who needed to see them so they could make a decision of whether or not it's appropriate. I mean, far be it for me to say whether she's exercising a First Amendment right or whether she's doing something improper, but I would want that body of work that this person has created, uh, to at least be known by the administrators and by the community. And if people are like, hey, no problem, it falls on the right side of the line and we've taken a look and everything she's doing is appropriate, then, you know, that's one thing. But it sounds like if these examples that Gigi's using are right, it sounds like something people are going to be uncomfortable with. And I don't think parents are going to want their their kids to vote to that. Or maybe the one, maybe there'll be a bunch that do, but the community needs to know. I would think that... At the, I, I couldn't agree more. And actually, it's nice hearing you say something like that because you seem to always work on things that in your mind are so logically bipartisan and and which they are. But um it is nice to 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 hear that, that sometimes people are just wrong. And especially now when it's sort of like I don't know how many more concessions logic is supposed to make for yeah. these people. <laughs> and it it just is like enough is enough with that. However, I and I do think that actually I would be surprised if these I would think if these students have a problem with it and are concerned about it, that their parents would have a really big problem with it. And I would think across the aisle and across the spectrum, if someone's teacher has a public Instagram that's showing someone being killed, that that violates every term of use. Um, just by that one video she mentioned of the the woman dying at at the Capitol or being being shot at the Capitol, but um, I so I do think you could even take this to Instagram at the very least. But this is a real problem, and the real solution is I think she should be either muted, her account should be made private, or she should be fired. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that absolutely this is a case of you have to take this to the people in your workplace who are responsible for the standards of that community. And that is all this is. This is not, oh, she's my coworker and I don't, I don't want to get a fire to do I, or and it's personal, it's this and that. Your job is to shape young minds. You're allowed to have a difference of opinion with the people that you work with, but that is your, should be your personal opinion. This, should, this shouldn't be her curriculum, and pictures also of the, Kamala Harris being lynched. I was going to say, also, it's it outrageous. seems like these aren't even conspiracies. This is just violence, also. You need to, uh, first of all, I would screen capture all of these posts because she's going to take her Instagram down the second that she gets wind of the fact that that somebody's tattling on her and you need to take this to the school. And if the school isn't willing to listen, you need to take it to the school board and you can do your best to stay anonymous. It's not going to work of course, but you can try. And this is, if nothing else, this woman should not be communicating these ideas, but this is, she's compulsive. She's posting 10 or 20 times a day. In the local paper. I'd say, I'd say the local paper is another option. Good call. But this is, and also there's never been a better moment because no matter what, whether people actually sympathize or sympathize a little bit, all of these people who stormed the Capitol last week are getting fired right now because it looks bad for the companies and the places that they work. No matter whether they secretly sympathize with these people or not, they're losing their jobs. And this is the moment where it also, there's never been a more teachable moment, to be honest, to say, these aren't just ideas. This isn't a difference of opinion. Yeah. As Andy was saying, there are facts. And we need to honor that. You don't have to vote the way I want you to vote, but you need to honor the fact that there are things that are true in this world and things that aren't, and that we are shaping these young minds. And that if you really are very serious about your job as a teacher, you should feel that this is an important thing to do. Take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever teach anybody, Andy? Did you ever uh, AT or assistant teach at like a class at Harvard? Yeah, or, I've or, done guests. I've done guest lectures. Yeah. At like a, Do you have to whip like, them into shape, or are they pretty good listeners? Well, it, it was at it was at a pre K. Um, <laughs> no, it, 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 they, they really absorbed it all. I bet. Ten. You did laugh. You got to make you laugh. I, know, I laughed it's hard. Pathetic. You guys are pathetic if you laugh at my jokes. Um, no, uh, I, I, I've done it. You know, college and grad school, like you come in for a day and yeah, yeah. So now teach stuff. No, like no grading papers, <laughs> none of that stuff. You haven't been responsible for the community in some way. Oh, no one would do that. But this is very serious. If you worked at a Costco, you'd have to report this person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the thing is, like, um, I have a neighbor two doors down, three doors down, who wanted to know seriously what's what's the what's the real likelihood that BLM and Antifa were responsible for what happened last Wednesday, and she said, and and, and she's conservative and her husband's more conservative and she said my husband and all his relatives are positive because they've all seen the faces that match people from all the antifa demonstration and she's going through this whole elaborate thing and so so there is a world in which there are some probably photoshopped like someone who's just basically simply photoshop right and i and i said look photoshop plus gullibility is quite powerful um so, you know, look, you can believe in this day and age whatever you want, and you can find evidence to support your beliefs. Yeah. The, the confirmation bias so strong that if you want to believe something that is so illogical, as opposed to the most logical thing to believe, 
you can do it. You can find evidence. You can convince yourself. You can persuade yourself. And so our decision-making no longer goes through, what do I think? It goes through, okay, what's my tribe? What does my tribe think? Right. And then let me go find that body of evidence in the netherlands of the internet. Yeah. Well, Which also, is where the truth lies, according to right. it. Yes. And by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these people were at the demonstrations over the summer yelling at people on the other side. Mm-hmm. I just think there's, you know, there's a lot of, nobody wants to dig deeper than what it is that they have to confirm their own belief system. Well, because it's so humiliating to be wrong about something that you have well, gone all But that's also on. how we got in this situation in the first place. These people have been repeatedly told that they're wrong. And that they're the crazy. Last, for however many years. And instead of believe, we were talking about Tanya Hatting last week, believe it or not. But instead of <laughs> confronting that and saying, okay. I have I accept responsibility. This is a dark moment, but I have to rebuild from here. It's a lot easier to say I'm going to put on a Viking helmet and some face paint. Yeah. Somebody made I mean, a it, joke. It, I think the scary thing about it is it almost feels like people. It's not just changing someone's mind about something. It's like fully like deprogramming someone from. It's also empowering cra- from, to feel like you're part of a movement where all these other disenfranchised oh, to- people. I mean. I told the same things. And really what it is, is people that just feel their grasp of whatever powerlessness in their life. Yeah. They just feel it slipping away. It's just eroding. Of course. Yeah. It's humiliating to admit defeat. All of these old men with this stupid assault rifle. I mean, yeah. just it's all crazy. Yeah. I mean, God forbid white people are, are, are at risk of losing 2% of their power. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. Whereas, you know, I mean, people of color um, who've been struggling to gain from, you know, uh, so much um, discrimination, so much um, that, that like, if, if people feel like part of someone being equal to them is that they're going to lose one to 2% of their power uh, or their historic um, place in the world, um, that's a real threat to them. And they're just not used to dealing with the threat and they can't deal with it. It makes them, Completely unsympathetic to me, by the way. Oh, um, yeah. But it, but it makes you understand that this comes from a deeper place. You know, it's like the this, the Serbs and the, I mean, I just have a, just hit him with a tennis ball, so the guy from Serbia. And like, the, the stu- that stuff is like hundreds and hundreds of years rooted. So I don't think we can expect to change people's minds. I think we need to beat them. I think we need to be, yeah. I mean, physically beat them. I think this, but I, but I truly also believe that this movement needs to be crushed. Yes, I believe that the idea that we just do a little something about this. I think they should treat this like the mafia. This needs to be squashed, or it's never, it's never going to be over. We need a tone. We need an FBI version of Tony Fauci. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Brian. Next question. Okay, here we go. This is a very steamy one, Andy. So be prepared. Oh boy. Yeah. Dear Rana, Brian, and fabulous guest. I'm Andy. A hu- Andy, I'm a huge fan and an avid listener. I'm turning to you all because you, Rana, are the quintessential expert on literally everything. And I'm both terrified and anxious to get your expert advice here. Here goes, and I'll try to keep it brief, truly. I'm a married woman in my 40s, been married to my husband for almost 20 years, have two children, and live a pretty normal life. A little over a year ago, I had a chance meeting with a man. We'll call him Felix. who I went to high school with but didn't know well, and we began communicating by text. He, too, is also married, same age, also two children. 
Our texts became flirtatious quickly, and it was evident that we were both engaging in, at minimum, a flirtation. Since that time, we have found a few opportunities to see one another in person, which obviously led to physical intimacy. So here Mm. we are today. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. We continue to text every day. We know a lot about each other in our lives, talk on the phone on occasion, and see one another when it's possible, which is not often, but is, of course, always intimate in the most adventurous way. My my thoughts on this whole thing. I think some of the allure is the fun of flirting and feeling totally desired and recapturing that type of excitement again. My husband and I generally have a fine relationship. We happen to have great sex. I would certainly say not as wild as with Felix. And in fact, I'd say my husband is actually better in bed. Oh, excuse me. I would say certainly as wild as with Felix, as wild as with Felix. And in fact, uh, my, my, I'd say my husband's better in bed. Hmm. But emotionally, I don't always feel completely fulfilled by him. Felix has a genuine warmth and kindness that my husband seems to have sort of lost over the years. My husband's both attractive and a good guy and a very present father, but he's also a brutally honest type and doesn't always make me feel great emotionally. Felix is very successful. Some might say more so than my husband, (laughs) which I wonder if that's part of the appeal too. While Felix's wife is certainly attractive and fit and smart and checks all the boxes, I do happen to know that I'm much more adventurous and fun sexually than Felix's wife. Hmm. They too seem to have a fine relationship, but they do schedule sex when they have it, which sounds boring. She also doesn't engage in oral (laughs) sex on her end, nor is she good at it, from what I understand. So my question, (laughs) why am I doing this? And when or how should I stop? I know this is going to end in a difficult way in some capacity, yet I'm not ready to shut it down. Do you think Felix and I are doing this for the same reasons? Is he just looking for sex? It doesn't feel that way because we only see each other a few times, yet we text constantly and are getting to know one another. But of course, I do wonder sometimes. I vacillate between feeling this is totally not worth it to feeling that this makes me happy and is not outwardly hurting anyone. So why not? I know that makes me sound horrible because I'm married and have no interest in breaking up my family. But I do genuinely care about Felix and I can't help but wonder, and I can't help but wonder, in some way were we meant to be together. Thank you for any advice you can provide and keeping fabulous. I'll just say L. She wrote her name, but I don't know if she wants us to say it. So I'll just say L. Well, Andy, you look, need, you look stricken I, by this I question. I think I need to go third. I think she wants your view the you most. Go, and I don't she think, does run it. She did I, yeah. call out you. So I don't think yeah. she wants to wait through Brian and I Fair giving enough. the guy's side until after you're done. And she can decide if she wants to listen to us too. Fair enough. In some ways, she sounds like the luckiest woman on the planet. I don't know anybody that is having terrific sex with their husband and terrific sex wow. with their lover yeah. and doesn't seem terribly bothered uh, on a uh, integrity level. About what it is that she's doing. She doesn't feel, she doesn't seem to feel unentitled to this uh, dalliance, which I think for most people, it's the existential guilt and dread over the situation that you find hard to live with. She seems to have made a lot of peace with that. Well, it seems like neither one of them wants to like cause a ruckus. No, but. She's Please starting, keep going. Keep going. She's starting. No, I think that's absolutely right. Is that they seem to be on the same page about this, and it seems to be a very sort of European arrangement where she has a husband and a boyfriend sure. uh, on some level, and there's no threat of it really exploding because he has a family that he doesn't really want to leave either. 
But there, of course, is the very last question, which is what the whole letter is actually about, not everything else in the letter, which is, are we meant to be together? Yeah. And that is where the danger, the fissure enters this fantasy. I hate that word more than anything in the world. Somebody used it on TV the other day. I almost fell off my chair. an awful word because we all i mean it's actually a Andy, don't you word. immediately think of anal fissure when someone says the word fissure <laughs> i will now okay <laughs> uh you know it sounds like a midlife crisis is what it sounds like to me and it is sort of unusual that um usually i think women are a little less comfortable with threatening the home structure but I guess it always takes two to have an affair. So, you know, maybe that's not entirely fair. Um, your feelings, uh, the problem is, the actual problem is the emotional intimacy in this relationship. Not Again, do I think you should be running around sleeping with someone who's not your husband? No, not really. That's not really my my method of operation. But I wasn't born yesterday. I mean, I understand that this happens in people's relationships and this happens in life. But you're growing more attached to this guy. And that is what is going to cause the threat to your family and your stability. And so this is probably the moment to end it because it is going to, if you don't want it to end in a spectacular fashion that threatens uh, all of these institutions that you hold dear, then hang in there, you know, if you hang in there, if you want it to explode, but if you want to get away with it, which is what you are right now, I'd end it pretty soon. It's my opinion. So Ryan, you want to go or do you want me to go next? You hit it. So my read is she's looking for your permission, Rona, to keep Rana. Sorry. Corona, Corona. Corona, Corona. Yeah. She's looking for your permission to keep this going. Um, and look, I, I, I have no, I have no expert in this topic. Uh, I'm not a doctor in this topic, but I will, I'll say <laughs> this. I find it hard personally to live without on like, I don't want to sound like a boy scout, but with like honesty in, I find it hard to hide stuff in life, yeah. even, even sm- much smaller things than this. I think this is a pretty big thing, at least by my, by my scales. I find it hard to live with myself. Forget about lying to my wife, which I, which I would also find very hard. But I find even um, this sort of living in this sort of deception is not a fun place to be and never worth it. Um, so look, I mean, I'd say I got a different remedy. Tell your husband. Say, hey, I'm doing this. And are you cool with it? Because I want to do this. And if you don't have the guts to tell your husband, then end it. And if you don't have the guts to end it or tell your husband, then live with yourself. But I think living with yourself in this world is going to, as Rhonda said, it's going to create all kinds of potential complications in the future that you can't pretend don't exist. And not just if you get caught, even if you don't get caught. I'm not talking about like going to hell or anything. I'm just talking about um, it'll twist you up inside. It does cause some, I think lying like that so constantly has to be wear and tear for your body and your mind and your everything. I do love that idea, actually. I, I think that if if everyone is on the same page and everyone's honest about it, then and you get an okay, then there, I think it would take a lot out of it for you. But yeah, you know, but I think it would 
it would take a lot of the risk. He realized away. the sex was pretty shitty once you once it was condoned. Exactly. Exactly. And also, it- I would say that what you have told us in your letter is, from my perspective, that he really enjoys the sex with you. There's a big difference to a man with getting oral sex never and then starting to get it. Also, the things that you have said, and I bring that up because the things that you have said yeah. that he has mentioned to you have been about how great you are in bed. So that's clearly what keeps bringing him back because you seemed really self-assured that I'm so much better than his wife. He keeps telling me that, da 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 da, da in bed. So I think that is where this is for him. Just from reading your letter, I think that probably he is maybe not on the emotional level that you seem to be on. And that just is sort of like, hurting you so much more than even just having this affair. It's just this idea that like, I don't think this guy's ever going to meet you there in terms right. of emotion. Well, I think they are the texting every day. So there's this, I don't want to call it a faux intimacy because that's not fair. It is an intimacy. It's just a, an intimacy. It's a limited intimacy. Let's it would just it be that. so great. Like Andy said, it would be so great if you could feel this kind of passion from somebody. Cause it sounds like your husband's an animal in the bed, but it's sort of, I don't know, maybe even disregards you a little bit. But other, what otherwise. else do you want? I mean, I, I'm so, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to make it sound like we shouldn't all be striving for total satisfaction in our lives, but my God, she's been married to this guy for 20 years and she has terrific sex with him and two great kids. And her problem is that her husband's a little bit of a dismissive jerk, which is what he was when he married her. And so if you're tired of him on a personal level, if you're tired of the guy that you live with, it's very funny because usually sex is the problem that there's no sex or it's not that often or it's the same thing over and over again. But but the rest of the family life is so good. This guy's my best friend. And so what do I do? I live with it. Or I, or I try to find something outside of the relationship, which causes complications and threatens the thing that you hold dear, which is the actual family structure. But in this case, that's not the problem. But so what's so it, strange about it is that the sex is amazing, but she doesn't feel desired. By her husband, which is she's bored. She's been having sex with the same guy for twenty years, or, or yeah. dating the dating the same guy for twenty years. Of course, everybody right. is going right. to feel yeah. this at some point. She's bored. She's bored. But you know what? That's why it's just fine. But you can't be like if you don't believe in monogamy, which she doesn't. That's fine. I mean, she's allowed not to believe in monogamy, but she's married to someone who does, or it's, or as far as we know, does. Right. So that's what Everyone's got to get up. in on it. That's what she needs to clean up. Yeah. My opinion. But what are the chances he takes that well? Um, Zero. I think, one of, I think one of three things happens. One is he's like, yeah, I'm fucking someone else too. And then you, you got it there. And, you yeah. know, and two is, two is he's like, what am I not getting? You know, you have a, it, it hurts, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what am I not giving you? And she's like, you know, you're distant or you're this or you're that. And they, they talk it through and, 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 and they end up better. Um, the, the third is, he says, you know, this is irreconcilable. This is rough. You got to make a choice between him and me, or I'm going to make the choice uh, for you. And there's some small possibility at the fourth that he's like, you know what? If that's what you need, you know, go for it. But all of those paths um, are um, allow her to live with herself and her marriage, I think, in a different way than she's the sneaking around stuff is. Also, the sneaking around is um, entering a new phase where it's starting to wear off. 
The fun part is the sneaking around, but now she's starting to grow attached. And that's where it gets messy. When was the last time you read Bridges in Madison County, Andy? <laughs> so I, you want to know something? I, I, I very rarely walk out on movies. I'm, I'm only, I can count on one hand the movies I've walked out on. I Let's walked out them. on that one, and then I walked out on this Dustin Hoffman movie, Hoffman movie Outbreak of all movies. Oh, um, right. Andy, yeah. shame on you. Yeah. yeah. What, what was it that it was so uh, off the mark that you had to walk out? This was years ago. I'm like, that'll never happen. No, I don't know. Right. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> why. I don't wasn't know why your I thing. I mean, it was yeah. as much that I was like dating someone and we were like, let's get the fuck out of here. Or whatever. Yeah. But, right. but no, Bridges of Madison County, I found really tough it, to watch. And then the book, <laughs> and I, I sure as hell couldn't read the book. Well, I only bring that up because the lead character in this, the Italian woman, had the exact same struggle. She didn't know whether to stay with her husband or run off with Clint Eastwood. She ultimately didn't run off with Clint Eastwood, probably because it was so boring, the movie. But anyway. Let me also save you this trouble, L. This guy's not going to run away with you. He's not leaving his family. No. No, he probably has a third side piece. I'm getting that impression, too. He seems to be in this for the physical component, number one. I'm sure there's other stuff with it, but that seems to be... His number one reason. He was comfortable enough. I do think it's fascinating that she said that, of course, led to physical intimacy. And that, to me, is you're both people that are willing to have an affair. There are people that are willing to have affairs and the people that aren't. And you're one and he's one. So either you need to find a new person to have an affair with that you're not so attached to, or he has to. I mean, he probably has someone else he's having an affair with. Andy, we'll make this next one quick, because my guess is you probably have to get going. Okay. Hi, Rana and Brian, spelled incorrectly, by the way. What's new? And so guess. far, Rana, all we've done are questions just for you. This is just, I mean, that's, you know what? I'm sorry. We're going to have to talk to Adam. I'm sorry this even made it to oh, the top I'm, of the stack. Please. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I am a film lover and spend quite a bit of time on Letterboxd, a movie review app. I hadn't heard of it before this. Me neither. I mainly follow only close friends, but there is one person that we all sort of know that I need to talk about. We'll call him Sam for now. Sam has been posting. Why are you going to tell us later to call him something yeah. else? To tell him his uh, real name. Sam has been posting movie reviews and ratings for a couple of years, and he is prolific. He watches rates and reviews roughly a movie every single day, and his reviews are sometimes several paragraphs long. So far, so good, right? What's the problem? Well, the problem is me and my friends would read these reviews and scratch our heads because they are all over the place and oftentimes do not make sense. And then one day while trying to look up a word we had never heard before, we we discovered something and we haven't been the same since. He has been plagiarizing his reviews. Oh, this is so good. Like every single one of them. And he has thousands all caps now on the surface this may seem innocuous now on the surface this may seem innocuous but it sure does drive us batshit crazy for status he has a very professional job and is married with children we cannot figure out what his end game is and we would be very much appreciate and we would be very much appreciated we would very much appreciate the grammar me. in these letters Ron. Uh, if you could shed some light on this is this something he could lose his job over? Is it okay for us to call him out publicly on the Letterboxd site? Lose his site? job? Okay. Would we, I mean, is he a film reviewer? Right. 
Would we be doing anything other than embarrassing him? Or is this something we should all just let go and move on? I realize this problem is trivial to what's going on in the world, but we really could use a professional opinion. Sincerely, the film gang. I don't want to use my name to keep his anonymity. Uh, this is a delicious question. I, I don't understand people like that. What is it? Just someone needs attention. Andy, did you ever take one of Michelle Obama's speeches and use it as your own? <laughs> I, I didn't even occur to me. Melania did. I just it's a I tip. Had, it's a tip. Yeah. If I had, I'd have thought about it. I mean, um, I don't. I, I don't go. Know. I go high when they go low, so I don't do that. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what drives a person to do this, except just, it reminds me of that movie, The Squid and the Whale, when the kid pretends he wrote the Doors song or the somebody's song. He pretends that he's a songwriter and that he wrote, like, actually, I think it was a Bob Dylan song that he says he wrote, something like that. I don't know if this guy just wants people to think he's a genius or prolific, like you said, and I just don't know who craves that kind of attention like that, that they're willing well, to cheat well, for Or whether it. he's... Whether he's sort of desperate, I mean, it's so pathetic to think about, but it's all whether he's so, sort of desperate to be engaged in this community and just can't keep up. And so people will always respond if you post something. I mean, maybe we're talking about 10 people. I have no idea. But that he's in that feedback loop and it's just easier to keep posting somebody else's. Why bother writing a review and watching the movie when you could just put this up and someone will comment? I don't know. I don't live in an online wormhole like that. Andy? You know, first of all, I want to say how much I've come to admire Brian and Brian's opinions since this has started. This is my <laughs> setup to kind of disagree with where you were, Brian. <laughs> I'm ready. Do that in the nicest possible way. That's fine. Like, the people just crave drama. Oh my God, we find a guy on a Freaking website that none of us have ever heard of. Right. Who's like doing this thing that like bothering these nine of us. And we're now we're thinking about calling the police and the FBI and getting him fired from his job. And that's like, I mean, my, you know, it's like, it's like it reminds me of like bewitched when the she's like staring out her window with the binoculars, sure. seeing who's coming in the door. It's like, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'd just say like, if I, something like that, I would like, it would go in one ear and out the other for me because it's like, and I know that like when you discover something that other people don't know, you do have this instant feeling of discovery, which is like, oh my God, wow. Yeah. But then like, you got to like get past that to the point where you're like, okay, let me put it in some perspective. It's not my fucking business. It's not my fucking life. It's not, you know, it's, and, and there are way more important things to, to focus on. At least that's how. I would look at it. So, you know, it's, is it weird? Is it stupid? Is it potentially, maybe, maybe it's a lot of those things, but, um, but, but maybe, maybe I'm uh, of the mindset that like, why, why, why tinker? Why metal? Why like try to cause trouble yeah. here? Unless he's like a professional writer or something. I don't, I don't know why you would even want to get involved in this. You're absolutely right. I think actually the letter writer is looking feels empowered right now with this information. What if you were in a book club Okay. and everybody read the book mm -hmm. and every month everybody came and read the book and gave their opinions mm -hmm. and one person mm -hmm. never read the book, 
mm-hmm. and only read the New York Times book review. Are you talking the, about me, Rana? Of the book. Just saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's you, maybe it's not. I mean, it. okay. Mm-hmm. And they came every month and they regurgitated the opinions of whoever. Sure. And everyone else was participating in what they thought was this group activity, which is we have a shared passion for movies or whatever. Would it bother you that that person in your very, because this is an intimate group. This is a bunch of friends that do this together. And this guy is a friend of theirs, but maybe a little bit on the outside of the group. Mm -hmm. What if, would that, would that bother you? If you were in the book club and somebody was spouting someone else's opinions and not participating in the social contract, would that bother you? I personally could care less. Yeah, I think think it would be annoying. I'm not a busybody. I don't like, you know, I, I mean, I make plenty of mistakes. I've done plenty of stupid shit before. I'm I'm sure I've done the equivalent of not reading a book for a book club and trying to fake it that I that I had. And if but every uh, and, single time, I mean, I mean, who am I to judge? I mean, like, does it? I mean, honestly, if he was, if this was somebody hurting somebody, and you know, and I was witnessing an injustice, or you know, I mean, like if. Like if if we were sitting here talking and you said something racially insensitive, because you thought, "Hey, it's just a three about it." Like I I call I call you out on it, even if I don't know you very well, just because you just good to have that check. So I'm not without. You know, there's certain there's certain things I think are important to reinforce, right. but when people are, you know, there, there's a whole zone of shit that's just somebody is just not my business. He needs and that feels this. Like not Why does business. he need this? And if, yeah. he, if he needs it this bad, let him have it. Is Can your we opinion. just say, because I feel like the audience thinks you're talking about me, Rana. And I don't Look, do this. They can she, think whatever she they hasn't want said, to think. She hasn't said your name. But we belong to a book club together. Yeah, well, we do. She has been signaling and spelling in the air. <laughs> Sure. I am, of course, not talking about Brown. Thank you, Ron. I read the book. I was making. I was just making an analogous point, which Mm -hmm. is: would it bother you if you were if you were doing the work? Would it bother you? I don't care that you don't read the book. I don't care. Thank you, Andy. I've never read it. Plenty of people in a book club that don't read a book. No, it's true. I think it would be annoying. Off as reading it that's bothering people. I think that would be annoying, but I don't think it would bother me. Why don't you just, I mean, look, if you want to really explode this thing and take this guy down, if that's your opinion, is that you think this is, you know, you want to be, we've been talking about a lot about Frankenstein's village lately. If you want to be the one with the pitchfork and the torch and go over after this guy that needs this so badly, so be it. Just repost one of the reviews that, you know, Google the sentence, find the Pauline Kale review and repost it to the app and say, this looks familiar. Or send it to him on the side the, and say, you know, Ganug, either watch the movies or don't watch the movies. But he feels he needs this for some reason. Yeah, I would just like, yeah. who, at this or point, I agree him. with Andy, like, who even cares? But if you guys want him out of your group, you could say, look, uh, you know, everybody in the group's watching the movies and giving their personal opinions. I've noticed that you... Uh, you may agree with these re- these reviewers that you've read, and this may all you may share their opinion. But if you're not going to cite them, uh, then maybe this isn't the group for you. You ever, you ever seen the kid like the kids like the we're all in middle school, and there's the kid in class who like tells the teacher Brian's three minutes late every day, and he doesn't uh, bring his own lunch. And the teacher's like, "Yeah, I know." And the kid's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to keep everyone telling knows. you this. Like everyone knows, nobody cares. 
Right. So yeah. I do want to reiterate that Brian problems. does not do this. No, no, not you, Brian. Yeah. This is Brian with an I. This is different. Oh, okay, Brian. great, 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 great. She doth protest too much, yeah. if you ask me. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. It's yeah. Impo- when Rana accuses you of something, it's impossible for anyone I to believe you I didn't accuse you, but the fact that you, you took were it going personally there. means that I wasn't at all, actually. <laughs> it sounds I, like you were. There's only three of us in our book club. I, I was talking about a big book. I absolutely was not <laughs> accusing you of But this. Rana, if not everything's about me, then what is about but me? But just because you heard it that way makes me wonder now. But yeah, no, I good, never, of good course- thing he didn't get defensive brian is a terrific member of our book club a very productive member of our book thank club. you Rana. yeah my now, god like, i want you to think about the next comments you make <laughs> in your book club brian and they, they have to be so original i'm gonna I, really, I would have to rack my brain and you know what i'm into i'm none into, of this was about brian but the it truth always is, is it always I'm is the kid who wants to tell the teacher that's who i am i'd be <laughs> furious i'd be i'd be writing back to him i've seen this somewhere before well what i would scare do is the pants I would, off of him i would do a fake identity and say hey it's manola Darges. yeah i just wanted to let you know that i yeah. know that your work is not your own yeah and then actually you could do a team you could be like love janet maslin lisa schwartzbaum <laughs> janet maslin has joined the group if you're gonna that's do what that, you should do if you're gonna yeah. do if you're gonna mess with him then you might as well really mess with him go get the original authors just to, to and and write their and write a fake legal letter <laughs> suing him for his house. I mean, if you want to mess with him, that's a whole other category. Yeah. We could help you there. Absolutely. You should just go to these, get get some famous movie viewer, reviewer that you've poached from to be like, I am on the letterbox app every day. And yeah. imagine my surprise. I think we've heard of this thing. You could probably report him to Letterboxd. Rana, now I want to know who does that. You won't tell me. Who does Letterboxd or who does No, what? who doesn't read the book? I... It was a, a made-up idea, Brian. I was in an analogous oh, situation. Okay. This guy doesn't watch the movies. And you two were fine with it. And then I tried to make it personal and say, if you were in a book club, right. how would you feel? I just got very, very defensive about it. I, I mean, it felt like it was real. Hey, Brian, I've never even been invited to a book club. Do you want All to right. join ours? We're reading... Uh, yes. What's, yes. The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. You have That's to have right. it read by next week, Andy, so yeah. that we can talk about it on the Patreon mm. book club. It has nothing to do after. with saving <laughs> lives. I'll start the week after. All right. It's the month after. It's a monthly book club. Brian, that was not in any way dedicated, uh, pointed oh, I know. at you. I know. I was, I was just now, playing Now I'm wondering. Now I'm wondering. Um, okay. So now is the time in our program when? What <gasps> happens, Brian? Oh, my God. Andy, you're going to die. But just, you know, yeah, we all know. <laughs> did you get the vaccine yet? I have not. Okay. Oh, I think he did. And he said he hasn't. No, I'm a young man. I'm a young, he, I'm a young man. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would skip a line. Does it seem like, does it seem like there's a lot of graft happening? Does it seem, or grift or graft? In other words, are rich people getting the vaccine and we're not hearing about it? Or that hasn't really which happened? Which people are flying to Florida where, they, which people over 65 are flying yes. to Florida where they're getting the vaccine? Yes. If you could fly but Florida, somewhere. Hasn't Florida also said you can come here from wherever? I don't know. I thought I, there was something where the governor was like, yeah. it's an open invitation, basically. They're giving it to him. What about young there. people? What about young people? Like young you and people, me. Are they flying to Florida? And oh, I think I think only people over 65. I'm not sure. Yeah. But is, there isn't any shadow economy that you know about the Hamptons people sure aren't getting is. the vaccine? I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Yeah. I'm quite sure there is. But yeah, and, and and we'll read about it six months from now. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you ever met a Kardashian? 
None. No, never to met a Kardashian. Hmm. Okay. okay. All right, Andy, it's the end of the show. And that means that we like to give a yeah. gift to one of the people who wrote in. And it's just who we ever think, whoever we think deserves that. So I can yeah. recap who we're giving or who is up in uh, for this prize. And then we'll tell you what the prize is after. So the first one is I'm I'm having sex with Felix. The other one, the next one is the QAnon coworker. And the next one is the plagiarized film reviews. So are the writers of the, which of the writers of those letters are you most sympathetic to? The one who uh, works with a QAnon teacher who can't take it. The one who uh, is having the affair with Felix or the, um, the person whose movie, who the plagiarized movie reviews are driving them crazy. So the the one that's a little loose, the teacher or the busybody? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with the teacher. Yeah. All right. I don't think we've ever had It is a tough spot. I I would agree with you of less less deserving letter writers. It's true. They were all out to get very obvious who uh who should get the prize. Well, the prize today is going to be, in honor of Andy Slavitt, a little Aesop hand sanitizer, which is a very high-end hand sanitizer. Terrific. But we want to remind people that they've got to keep doing this hand sanitizing, and they're washing their hands and wearing the masks, even if they get the vaccine. Right. So that's our, that's our themed gift today, in honor of Andy Slavitt. Yes. Andy. Andy. In the bubble with Andy Slavitt. Uh, don't miss this podcast, when? real-time podcast. I don't know. That what days does it come out, Andy? Is Mon- it bi-weekly? Monday and Wednesday. Monday and Wednesday, Monday and Wednesday Monday bi-weekly. And, Wednesday. and tell us the name of the book Semi-weekly. that's coming out again. Semi-weekly. Semi-weekly. Bi-weekly is every other I never week, get that right. right. Uh, yeah. You know how I know? I go to do the same thing in my head every time. Bicentennial, every 200 years. And then I go, it's the opposite. I do bi-monthly, twice a month. That's how I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's... it's uh, and we have a book called Preventable. You can buy it now. It's Preventable. It's it's that coming. When is this show coming out, by the way? Tuesday. On Tuesday, which I meant to ask you, how's the world going to be different when this comes out? So when well, I can tell you how my world will be different since it doesn't come out till Tuesday. I will be um taking a leave from the podcast. I'll be in Washington working in the White House as <gasps> of Friday. Really? Yeah. Do you get any plus ones? Uh Sure. Oh, great. I'd Andy, love to join you. Can you get us invited to the White House Hanukkah party? That's what we want to know. The last one I went to was the last one for the Obama administration. Oh, I might can have you seen you us, there. Can you? And do, then, okay. Did you see did Merrick you Garland? See, <laughs> did you see Merrick Garland shuffling around the hors d'oeuvre table? And did you also feel that nobody really wanted to talk to him? No. I Okay, then you didn't notice, but Merrick Garland was shuffling around. Nobody really wanted to talk to him because he had just had the big, you know, they nominated him, the misfire with the nomination. And so nobody knew what to say to him. It was like there was a death in the family and nobody knew what to say. And he was sort of hovering over the hors d'oeuvre table, which was a beautiful, they had a gorgeous spread. But hovering over the table, sort of, you know, talking to himself about the hors d'oeuvres. You get the Hanukkah bow and uh, the, the the dog's. 
they were like blue or maybe that was a Christmas oh the dog yeah what, what were their names Bo and no, something Bo and Sane who and I Sane. met Sane the day yeah. after the Hanukkah party I met them <laughs> you did yeah they were already rolling up the rugs because they were moving out of course uh, mm-hmm. but more importantly what is your new position going to be at the White House and and how long are you off the podcast for well I'm going to be senior advisor for the pandemic response wow for, God, uh, fabulous for four months I'll just be I'm going to be there through uh, the end of May and then I'll be back. Back on the podcast, back. Well, so some kind of really, you really could have given us a better answer then about what happens on day one. As opposed, you, all you said was have a plan. You really could have given us something a little bit more flushed out than that. Is that right? Yeah, I guess I could have. I guess yeah. I could have if I had <laughs> something better. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you'll come up with some ideas well, between now and then. Andrew. Well, if this will be on Tuesday, Biden last Friday, yeah, which is which is we're recording this on Wednesday. Yeah. Two days from now, a few days prior from when this comes out, we'll be announcing, we'll, or we'll have announced um, a, uh, a, a pretty significant set of steps and a plan. Oh, fabulous. That, that um, you know, you can, you, can, you can play a piece of clip from it or you can refer to Go it. Go to the or website whatever. or whatever. And tomorrow yeah. night, I'm res- uh, supposed, UPS is supposed to, um, I'm supposed to get a delivery of a pair of clogs. Really? That's exciting. Now you, t- now you tell us. Dance co clogs. They're like or Birkenstock Helsinger, H B Helsinger. Why Good did you wait know. eleven months into the pandemic before you ordered the clogs? All kinds. Of I didn't think I was that here. kind of person. He also didn't know the pandemic was going to be another eleven months, which is what it's looking like right now. But yeah. in any event, well, Labor Day. That's where we all have to have our eyes on the prize for Labor Day. That's. When life will hopefully return to some normalcy. Is that right, Andy? I have an episode on, on that. Yes. And with f- I know 15 I listened scientists. to it. Yeah. And they, that was the general average consensus was, my question was simply, when will people be doing indoor dining again, indoor meeting again safely without a mask? Yeah. What date? And the average of all the scientists was Labor Day. That's yeah. not so bad. If that's end of, yeah. I mean, if when you've true, done it this long. get there, long, but... it'll feel... Look, nine months ahead always feels like a long time. Nine months behind you always seems fairly quick. So. That's true. That's true. Well, congrats on the success. No I mean, kidding. This is what an truly honor. Exciting. And so you won't be returning. You won't do any updates or anything while you're. You're going to focus strictly on the task at hand. Yeah, I think. I think I'm probably going to just focus yeah. on um, what's in what's in front. I mean, the, look for yeah. the help, as Andy. Go well, help listen, where Andy, you can help. If at any point you get a chance to join Letterbox, the app, I really would encourage you to do so for some good downtime. <laughs> Yes, just to put off, just to burn off a little steam. Exactly. To yeah, let off a little exactly. steam. Yeah, put, put up some movie <laughs> And we'll look forward to you joining Bridges the book Madison club County. next yeah. month. Yes, we'll keep you posted on so the book club So when I get back selection. from the White House, will you, will you post me and let me into your, into your book club? Yeah. Of if course. You, if you can guarantee us an invite to the Hanukkah party, do you think you can do a quid pro quo with us? You know, I'm, I'm not believing, because you made a conditional, I'm all of a sudden not believing you really want me in your book club. Well, it doesn't matter what you believe I want to be wanted. I want to be wanted in the book no, club. No, but Andy, I I why can't I, I wanna, want you in the book club want and trade. want to go to the a Hanukkah party? book club's party. also very personal, so I want you to meet to all your friends like Biden and Harris and like all, you know, we want to get to know each other. You have to understand, I've never been invited to a book club before, and I, I thought I was on the verge to somebody actually wanted me, but I'm a little sensitive. You weren't so invited you to this me, one either. You, you invited me, but yourself. You wanted, but it was I'm inviting him. 
but it was a condition of something else. I so it sounds like I'm you don't think you insecure. can deliver. You can't deliver I'm very on, the, on the invite. About this. I'm what very if we insecure. separate them? What if I just say, Andy, can you guarantee I can the, an invite to, for Brian and I to the White House? Well, our the next party book next club year. is is our selection is called Prepared. Is that not what your book's called? Did I get it wrong? It's, 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 no, it's, it's called preventable. It's called preventable. preventable. Excuse me. Preventable. Right. The whole pandemic was prepared. The whole pandemic was preventable. They're, they mean different things, Brian. It's yeah. actually opposite things. But preventable's on pre-order. Okay, look. Here's what we'll do. We'll wait till you start the job, and then we'll know whether you feel like you can deliver on yeah. the invite. We'll tell you what. Like, if I don't, we don't solve the pandemic then we're the not getting well. the There's not going to be on with yeah. the party. And I'm not interested in talking to an assistant or a sec, anybody. Yeah, don't I want to direct us, Don't forward us to Doug's office. You yeah. know what I mean? That's not what we're interested in. Right. If you want to forward yeah. us to Jill's office, that's fine. Yes, We want someone that can really get something done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My only advice for you is ask for more <laughs> next time. Ask for Hanukkah and Christmas. Just ask. Don't. I don't know that Christmas parties aren't special. They have them every day after Thanksgiving. They have a Christmas party twice a day. There's only one day they do the Hanukkah party. Did you ever meet the Salahis, the people who um, uh, oh my God. got into the White House state dinner who snuck in? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. That's Is funny. there any, do you know what the most shocking news I heard this week was? And I can't believe it, but uh, why can, why is there anything I can't believe anymore? That they sold the Israeli embassy to Sheldon Adelson, uh, the Israeli ambassador's residence to Sheldon Adelson. Did you read that this but, week? But didn't he die? And then he just dropped dead. Yeah. Oh, but wow. they sold in match. They did a private oh. secret sale because the idea was they were trying to prevent anyone from moving the embassy back to Tel Aviv from Jerusalem. Meanwhile, you can buy an embassy. Well, you can only buy it if the United States decides to have a, a basically a garage sale and say, Oh, this is the stuff we don't need anymore. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Wild. Look it up. I'm furious. Um, okay. Enough of this. Andy, thank you so much for being here. People can, by the way, they, people should still go back and listen to in the bubble because all of the advice is as relevant as could be. Who's the guest host? The guest host is Bob Wachter. Who's an awesome physician. Um, and oh, a real doctor. On Twitter and he's good. Yeah. A real actual doctor. Oh, so they got an actual doctor. Ronna was married to a Dr. Bob. Different Bob though. Different Bob. Yeah. 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 All right, Andy, before you fall asleep, we better get ready. I'm not falling asleep. I'm staring staring intently. All right, guys. Bye, Andy. Be well, guys. Okay, thanks. Brian, oh, we had breaking news right here on this podcast, except that by the time it breaks, it'll already be broken. It'll been broken, but he broke. The world needs to understand that he broke it to us before it was broken. That's exactly right. We broke it before it was broken. Boy, did we. All right. Read us the cliffhanger because we've got to get out of here. Oh, my God, Ronna. Yeah. I have to say, I loved him. He was fabulous. And I have to say, even though this episode's going to be a little long, they got so much information. They went, We went straight to the source on this. These people Absolutely. think we're fooling around. We're not fooling Come around. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Here's the cliffhanger. Hi. There's a few eyes there. That's like Jill Zarin. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I miss Jill Zarin's curio cabinet. <laughs> Do you remember that dis- those letters that she had as a coffee table that spelled pop? Oh. That was awful. What about that apartment? She, that's my curio cabinet. Her apartment. She had that and baby that awful blue, Brad, that powder that awful, blue. Oh. Yes, and that awful yeah. designer she works with. You know, Allie got very skinny, though. You've talked about Allie a couple times on here. Allie got very skinny. You can see it on her Instagram. 
Well, maybe they raised enough money for creaky joints, finally. <laughs> that was her charity. Oh, you're killing me. They did a they were doing a sweatshirt business during the pandemic, like a tie-dye sweatshirt or something. Okay, good. I can't they remember what it was. Must have raked in millions. Well, they were making masks. I can't remember what it was. But sure, they were in Palm sure. Beach making masks. Jill Jill Zarin went to Trump's inauguration. Do you remember that? I love that we went from uh, Andy Slavic in the pandemic right back to Jill Zarin. That's it was like our, our bodies had enough. Oh, this just in. The House majority voted to impeach President Trump. How many Republicans did they end up second with? time. He is charged. I mean, I'm breaking news. Again, we're only breaking things that have already been broken. Yeah. 232 to 197. And it looks like 10 Republicans broke and voted the right way. Yeah. Well, there we are. Okay. Um, to be continued on that. Yes. In the meantime. Exciting couple of weeks ahead It of us. certainly yeah. is, isn't it? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Just when we thought we were going to get a break, we're not getting Honestly. a break. Honestly. Everyone has to understand, I hope they're all taking their adrenal teas or whatever. Your adrenaline, your adrenals are going to be absolutely blasted Shocked. this whole year. Yeah. I mean, Okay. <laughs> All right. Hi, Rana and Brian. Hi. And hi. Hi. I hope you all had the best holidays. Oh. I'm a single 26-year-old gay man who is currently conflicted due to a sexy encounter with a straight friend of mine. We get these all the time. Oh. This s- is the new... Well, that's <laughs> kind of been a theme in the pandemic, all these straight guys trying that's it out. That's true. All these quote-unquote straight guys saying, world's going to end, we may as well give this a shot. And with the roaring 20s coming up, I'm single 26-year-old gay man who is currently conflicted due to a sexy encounter with a straight friend of mine, or so mm. I thought. We'll call him Bobby. Here's some backstory. B- I've Bobby. known Bobby since high school. Mm. He's always been low-key, kind, a bit grungy, but by curious, I never imagined. He has a girlfriend that he's about to move in with. I invited him to a friend's house. He went out of his way to drop something off for me. It was pot. He got very drunk, and toward the end of the night as we were speaking, he began to pull me close to him. Mm. I'm talking his arms wrapped around my waist, looking directly into my eyes. And it was not in private. We were in plain sight. Mm. As I was leaving, he adamantly chose to leave with me. Mm. Once we were outside, he began to ramble incoherently about his sexuality and his curiosity unprompted. He eventually asked me to kiss him on the cheek, which I did, duh. Then after 20 minutes of him babbling, I finally, I know, I finally asked him if I could just kiss him. 26, duh. 20 yeah 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 we proceeded to have a passionate makeout session that i cannot stop thinking about the only reason mm. it didn't go any further was because he ended up puking Ugh. and i brought what an endorsement and i brought him home the next day he thanked me for bringing him home and we left it at that so here's my question do i leave it alone and pretend it never happened should i reach out to let him know if to let him know i'm here if he needs to talk he mentioned he doesn't have anyone to talk to about his sexuality with. I really, really don't want to come off as predatory, but he made the moves and confided in me. Yes, he's about to move in with his girlfriend. No, I don't want to take advantage of him or make him uncomfortable. But it was a great kiss, and I see him in a completely different way now. Help, please. Best, gay, horny, and confused. P.S. Again, I never imagined this guy being, number one, sexually fluid. Number two, interested in me. Number three, a good kisser. Okay. All right. Well, Who let's keep are these ju- people that are living their best lives during the pandemic. This is throwing supposed to be those the, coins down that wishing well this as is hard as to they be can. After right the pandemic, this is supposed to be the roaring twenties after the pandemic. Not I just the, read uh, an article, an essay about like 
post-Black Plague and how everyone went absolutely nuts. Was it the Renaissance that followed the Black What yes, followed the Black exactly. Plague? Yes, yeah. exactly. So a great period of creativity and yep. uh, sexual excitement. Yes, exactly. Send me that article. I want to read it. I will. Uh, join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash askrana. Um, yes. It's $5 gets you into the carriage house, $10 if you want to see the video. A lot of people have been clamoring for the free feed. They want the full episode free feed videos on the Patreon. Now we're going to have to think about whether we have the manpower and the bandwidth to do that. And maybe we'll come up with another tier, but I'm not making any promises. I mean, listen, at this point we're talking... That would be like a studio feature film, right? It would be. Look, we just don't know if that's where our priorities are for 2021, but we'll think about it. And if people are interested in that, write to us and let us know. We're doing, let's say we're doing a little poll. Write to us at askrun at gmail.com. Let us know if that's something you're interested in. Or maybe we'll put up an Instagram poll. Maybe Tony can figure that out. I'm obviously talking out loud now. In any <laughs> event. Join us on Patreon. We have the book club coming up, Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. I may read the book. I may just read the New York Times. I think you've already read the book. I have already read the book. I happen to know because it was in your year-end stack. I did read it. I read it in, well, yeah, I read it with the Lobsterman. Yeah, so maybe you'll have to do, oh, you're in a book club with the Lobsterman too? No, he watched me read it, I guess I should say. Oh, isn't that charming? Yeah. Um, And... Uh, that's all we've got. And then, of course, we have so many fabulous guests coming up on the free feed. My God. We forgot to ask Andy if he, had, if he tried the coffee. We sent him the coffee. Well, he uh, forgot to tell us how much he loved it. And we had, that's so true. And we have to thank everyone again for their fabulous support in December. The oh, my God. It was such a boost to the show. And we hope it was a real boost to your holidays and your home lives. And I'm going to say um, this, Rana. I'm yeah. excited to spend whatever this year is going to be with you and with our listeners. I feel like we're all in this together. Isn't that charming and sweet? Oh, the biggest announcement of all we didn't announce. Are we announcing it? And now I realize I'm going to have to to go back and do an ad that goes at the beginning of the show. So now you've already heard it. We keep breaking things that are already broken. We got to do what we got to do. We're going to break it now, but then it'll already be broken because you will have heard about it. Correct. So this consider is a this real a reminder. Through the looking glass. Yeah. <laughs> February 13th, we are doing our first live from the carriage house with Rana and Brian. The, the day before Valentine's Day. The tickets will go on sale. Uh, the Patreon people will get the link first on the 22nd. Um, and then our free feed people will get the link on the 26th. And we are hoping everyone wants to spend their lonely hats with us. That's why we've chosen the 13th, because we want to spend it with you. And then you can spend the 14th with your real Valentine, whoever that person is. And if, if there's any way, Rana, that I could just buy a quick batch of them and then sell them, that I wouldn't mind. Well, that is between you and the black market, is what okay. I will say. All right. But there's all kinds of fun stuff we have planned. It's you know be us. Great. We don't do anything halfway. And we've uh, never done a live show together. No. Like so, like just the two of us. No, we haven't. And we've yeah. never done a live show via Zoom either. Exactly. But this isn't going to be one of those boring Zooms. This is going to be a blast. No, this is going to be like yeah. Sonia Henny special. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I can't get all over right, last week. Diz, okay. We were, oh, people should go join Patreon just to listen to our figure skating conversation who, who, last week. There is not enough room in this world for enough Tanya and Nancy Kerrigan talk. There just had, isn't. No. And, and if they haven't watched 30 for 30, Tanya Hatting, they've got to get, get into on it. That. The price uh, of gold. Tanya Hatting, they've got to get on that Tonya. right now. Yeah. 
All right, dears, we adore you. Kiss, kiss. Follow us on Instagram at AskRana, at Brian Safi, at Rana Gluckman. And we have so much fabulous stuff coming up. We can't wait to share with you. I can't wait, Rana. Okay. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.